0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dear, what up? What is popping? JC, we were just on this awesome town hall meeting with Rocky and his crew. Word. And the, one of our loyal listeners. The Disciples. Rocky's One of
1: our loyal listeners asked you to do J.C. Yeah, I gave him a half-assed effort. You gave
0: him a half-assed yeah, effort? What's up with that?
1: Because it's exclusively for this. I'm not some heckler, like, hey, do the
0: thing. Hey, do the thing, <laughs> do Urkel. The th- yeah,
1: no, what? If you yeah. want to hear J.C., you got to tune into the podcast.
0: Well, how about this? I really want us to do TLOP live in February in Orlando, Florida with Renee Rodriguez. Shout, yeah, shout out, out to Renee. Renee. Shout out Renee. I hope you all have gone out and pre-ordered or purchased his book, Amplify yeah. Your Influence. Yeah. Um, I'm going to purchase like a hell of a lot of them, Words. hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. But um, I hope, like I was driving six and a half hours yesterday back from Georgia. Mm. And when you're stuck on the road, what do you do? bitch and complain no your mind wanders oh yeah no bitch and I'm like, i have a
1: great life right right
0: i got i got you i got the podcast i got the mortgage i'm on sure me, that's got,
1: what goes through your mind traffic you're like god i have such a great okay such
0: a great okay, life okay, i'm so listen. happy jc found his way to me <laughs> yes okay yeah yeah so anyhow your mind wanders when my you're on mind the road. wanders i was like man Let's say we're able to do TLOP Live. It's a live sales event mm-hmm. for the fans of the Lone Officer Podcast. Those yeah. people who are checking us out, mm-hmm. both on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, anywhere you find podcasts, they're liking us, they're sharing us. More importantly, tell your damn friends about us. Tell somebody. Unless you don't care about your friends. And then, you know what? Don't tell them. Yeah. But if you care about them you care about us, let them know. We are trying hard. No, not trying hard. We're hoping hard okay. that we get right. to 10K. mm mm-hmm. On YouTube, that's 10,000 subscribers. I would love to have it done by the end of April. The problem is we would need like 1,300 people to subscribe yeah, so we need between your... now and April. But if everyone who's already subscribed that tells a buddy, tells a friend, who yeah. tells a friend, we'll get there. Cool. Get on there, like, subscribe, check it out, comment. Yeah, yeah all or right. Create
1: dummy accounts like the, you used to do when you get the free coupons. The
0: the, the website tloponline.com. Check out Sales Tools. I'm just going to tell you, go to Sales Tools. Sales Tools videos. That's where you want to be. Sales tools, guides, and trackers. That's where you want to be. The bee's knees. Yes. The bee's knees, as JC would say. Mm -hmm. Check out TLOPOnline.com or just go to TheLoanOfficerPodcast.com. Nice promo. All right. But Mm -hmm. we're talking about this event that we want to host Mm -hmm. for the TLOPers. Yeah. So I was thinking, how cool would it be? Like, A, we're going to have some badass walk-up music because you mm-hmm. know how I roll. You've been talking about it since I started, so yes. Yeah, no, I love walk-up music. I That's my thing. I would have a DJ I know. follow me around. Otis is what you say over and over again. I oh, don't ruin up. it. Now people aren't going to want to come because now it's, it's already ruined. They That's know the an elevator music. brand. They don't know what that means. Okay. But like I was thinking, like how cool would it be if we like started the event? Mm-hmm. Lights dim. Yeah. And it's ladies and gentlemen, boys, boys. And, and then you go, Jay. Yeah. yeah like how it, cool would that be? be amazing, Cause
1: I'm going to be the one on the black, uh, in the back flickering the lights. Yeah. Like getting like, Hey guys, you ready? <laughs> the mic, get yeah. all hands on deck at at,
0: at the local super rate motel. <laughs> but, you know,
1: hey, they have cheap rates on the conference room. Yeah. They, the conference room came with the room. So it's like, Hey guys, don't be mad when you pull up and it's an extended stay.
0: Oh Jesus. <laughs> oh Jesus. Hey, we'll do you better than that. Like when you think Orlando, you should think like, I drive Universal Studios, mm. uh Disney Springs. Like it's gonna be something like that. Yeah, don't worry. And we're gonna do it in February because it's beautiful weather typically in Florida yeah. in February. Mm-hmm. Not so much the rest of the country. Great idea.
1: There it is. All you have right, a there reason you have a reason to come out in February.
0: Yeah. And we have some time to plan it.
1: Yeah. Come, yeah, come <laughs> yeah. March 29th. Hey, so did you book that venue? What venue? <laughs> oh shit. Okay.
0: Oh, me and January 29th, we're doing it in February, February,
1: 2023.
0: All right. Oh, two, two, three. Okay. Um, Today's episode. Yes. Listener requests. It is. Several times over, not the same listener. Yes. Several times over. That's the same. Right. If, if it was that we'd call that person, mom yes. right. or a loyal fan <laughs> or a loyal fan. No, but like with the same request. Correct. No, By my wife. Your wife? Did your wife listen?
1: No, you said the same request. Like I asked you to do that yeah. multiple times. Same request.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Um, But no, what is it? What are we going to talk about?
1: How to bring value. No, we're not
0: talking about how to bring value. What?
1: Bro, bro, I just took the note. What are we talking
0: about No, you're not. How to bring value. I don't want to do how to to bring value. Okay, so what do you want to talk about then? The first one that you rolled into my office an hour ago when you started setting up all the equipment and I couldn't get my nose out of uh, of working. The difference between Mm -hmm. bankers direct lenders, and brokers. Well, you do know. So you did know. I did know, yes. Yeah, good for you. But, John, they said I don't give you enough time to talk on these episodes, so sometimes I try to queue you up. Yeah, and then you queue me up, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, no, you actually gave the next episode that we're probably going to do is going to be how to bring value. And we can talk about that a little bit because on the YouTube channel, we did have a TLOP comment like, hey, can you do some things on like RESPA Section 8? And I was like, ooh, I don't know if I want to do mm. anything that's too compliance heavy. Uh, heavy. One, because the minute I start talking about compliance, I could put myself in a pickle or put us in a pickle where we're potentially talking about giving legal advice. Mm. Don't want to ever want to be misconstrued that we're giving legal advice. Right. So I try to stay away from compliance. Plus, compliance is boring. And nobody likes compliance officers or people who are living in the compliance world. Mm-hmm. So I try to stay away from that as much as possible. Now, I can give my opinions on RESPA Section 8, but please know their opinions based on my experiences. But what I got from that request was maybe we don't dwell in compliance and maybe we don't geek out on RESPA Section 8, but maybe I can talk about how someone could bring value to their referral partners and loop that into me talking just a little bit about RESPA Section 8 and my thoughts and opinions and experiences when it comes to it. Word. We're going to hold that for another episode. Because I do want to do a little bit of prep okay. on that. And by prep, I mean like um, my next <laughs> big run. I want to think about yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't throw the people
1: for a loop. Yeah. What is preparation? <laughs> dust oh, I start? bet
0: JC and Dio do yeah. a lot of prep. Yeah, that was it, a lot. Mo- yeah, that was yeah today JC's prep was sitting around waiting for me to get finished with whatever I was working on. Yes. And I kept on telling him five more minutes. I told him five more minutes for like 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, but here we are. I'm used to it now. Like, I just, I just build in buffer time with you. It's fine. Yeah,
0: you're on DO time. I apologize <laughs> for that. I'll, I'll work on that. You've been saying that I'll for a work while. on that. Yeah, maybe by the time I'm 44 or 45, I'll have that figured out. <laughs> but until then, I'm, I'm still not a grown-up. It's fine. All right. So, no, let's talk about the difference between a bank, mm-hmm. an independent mortgage banker, or what people call a mortgage, like just a mortgage banker, or an IMB, and a broker. Mm-hmm. Right? And we can talk about what does it mean to the consumer? What does it mean for the... Realtor, we can think about what does it mean to the mortgage professional, mm. because they all have their pros and cons, like they legit do. So I think it's good for people to understand. Well, what are the differences? The good news is, a mortgage is a mortgage is a mortgage. It's a mortgage. At the end of the day, nobody wants a mortgage. They want a home. They want a home. Do you want know people dream of being debt free and not having a mortgage? They dream of not having a mortgage. Mm-hmm. No one has ever dreamt. Not no one. It's a strong word. Mm-hmm rarely does someone dream about not owning a home. right? But they drew dreams. So, so a mortgage is just that, whether it's it's a 30-year mortgage, a 15-year mortgage, whether it's an, an arm, mm-hmm. it's a mortgage. Mm-hmm. It is a financial instrument used to purchase a property. The mortgage is the legal document that attaches the promise to repay to the collateral, which is the property. Word. And you can get a mortgage by going to your bank. You can get a mortgage by by calling a mortgage banker or a direct lender, people will call them, or you can get a mortgage by going to a mortgage broker. Mm. Hell, you can go to Walmart or Costco, and they'll tell you they're gonna give you a mortgage, but really they have like a joint venture mm. with a mortgage company, and then that mortgage company will give you a mortgage. Mm. So you think you're getting it from Walmart, you think you're getting it from Costco, no. No, getting it from someone else that they have joint ventured with. but. Sure. The joke is you can go to Walmart or Costco and get a mortgage. Well, now I know. And now you know. All right, so let's start with the banks. Okay. Real simple, old school. Who has my money? The bank has my money. Mm-hmm. Who do I probably have a check and a savings account with? A bank. Yeah. Who do I maybe have my car loan with? A bank. Maybe mm-hmm. not. But, you know, who's my credit card with? Probably a bank. Mm-hmm. If I pulled out my credit card, it probably says Chase on it. Well, Chase is the bank. My wife's credit card says Bank of America. Bank of America is the bank. Even though my wife doesn't bank with bank of America, her credit card is through bank of America, mm-hmm. right? So a bank, you can go to your mortgage, you can go to a bank and you can get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you work for the bank or you're going to get a loan from a bank, I think the both of this, um, these, these um, descriptions are gonna correlate with your experience. When you work for a bank, the good news is if they want your business, by all means, they're going to get it. Or we'll find a way. They will get it. If they want it bad enough, a bank has the ability to price a mortgage loan so cheap that they will actually lose money on that mortgage loan. I'll take this, L as long as you do the loan with me. Because if you think about it, the, the bank has what are called deposits. Well, when John Coleman and all of John's friends deposit all of their money at a certain bank... That bank only makes money when they lend out the deposits they took in. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. They you drop your money off, you store it with them, they pay you a small annual rate of return. And in return, they use your money to go out and lend it mm-hmm. to businesses or private individuals, whether auto loans or credit cards or mortgages mm-hmm. or business loans. So if a bank wants your loan bad enough, they they can price everyone else out of the market. Now that's a good thing for the consumer when it's happening and it's a good thing for the loan originator when it's happening but when the bank gets full of doing mortgages they don't want to do mortgages hmm. they very well could jack their rates up how do you prevent someone from purchasing your product make it, make it expensive yeah. make price it out of the market so the benefit is also the downfall downfall yeah. So there's, if I'm a loan officer working for a bank, the good news is the bank has a bunch of clients. They have a bunch of customers. If I'm a loan officer, I might not have to work really hard to get out there and make a name for myself amongst the loan originators in my market because I have a captive audience. I have all of these clients who already bank customers mm-hmm. and their natural reaction is to reach out to me mm-hmm. for a loan. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to my programs and my products and my rates. Whoa. I would guess that my programs and products are going to be more on the conservative side because, again, as a bank, I don't have to be overly aggressive. I already have a captive audience. And as a bank, if I really want mortgages, I'm going to price it to where I get every mortgage until I'm full and I'm done and I've met my quota, at which point I don't need to offer these incentives. Also, when I'm a bank, I don't necessarily have to be the best at getting loans closed quickly and efficiently. It's a big business. And when you're a bank, it's, it's being run by people who optimize numbers typically. So a bank typically may take longer to close your transaction. Mm -hmm. If I'm a loan officer there, I'm not going to be able to turn loans around as quick as I maybe need to, which means it puts me at a competitive disadvantage in a market like we're in because if the seller requiring a 21-day close, in 90 to 45 days, you can't. yep. And if you're a consumer and you're going to a bank mm-hmm. and you need to close in 21 days, but the seller's, I mean, but your bank can only do it in 45 days. It doesn't matter what the interest rate is. That interest rate's null and void. Yeah, it's a it's an interest rate for a, a home you can't buy. Right. Because the person selling the home wants you to close in 21 days, your bank's telling you 45 days. Are there larger banks
1: like Bank of America that are known, like a Bank of America, that are known for doing mortgages and mortgages well? rather? No.
0: Than, really? No. Mm. No, I'm going I'm to go out there and say, I'm sure I'll make some enemies or mm-hmm. whatnot, but no. No, there are not many big banks that are, oh my God, they have a phenomenal mm. mortgage division. Now, Those same banks will buy, (laughs) absorb, yeah, will buy mortgages from independent mortgage bankers. And we're like, yes, we love selling loans to, insert name here, Mm -hmm. Wells Fargo, Chase, Mm -hmm. Flagstar, whatever, whatever the case may be. But in my career, over my 18 years of experience, I haven't, I haven't found a, oh my gosh, that bank is best in class. Banks tend to be a little bit more conservative. Right. They tend to take a little bit longer to get a, a loan process and, and underwritten. Yeah. Sometimes they had the cheapest rates in town. If they, like I said before, if they want to make them cheap, they will, but then if they don't need that revenue or they don't want any more mortgages, they need to turn the spick it off a little mm-hmm. bit. They will, which you know, as a consumer, it's less predictable,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? It's, less certain as an originator who works there it's less predictable it's less certain and um they tend to be more conservative Mm -hmm. as an originator the positive is they may provide me leads all day now they also may provide me a lower comp plan to what my peers are making Mm -hmm. so i have to do more to make less if i work for a bank but the bank's going to provide me leads and they may have some really cheap interest rates from time to time awesome but they also may Make it difficult for you to go out there and build relationships with, with referral sources because you can't ha, uh, continuously be relied on to close loans quickly and efficiently. Mm-hmm. And because you don't always have the most competitive products that you're putting out there, or you may have a, a smaller product selection, like meaning you not you don't offer all of the, the programs and, and products that are out there. Right. Right. So I work at a bank and maybe I can't do a bank statement loan or I can't Mm -hmm. do a DSCR loan or maybe I don't have a construction loan Mm -hmm. or, you know, there's certain aspects. Maybe they're tighter when it comes to FICO, low FICO. Maybe they're tighter when it comes to high DTI. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's how I would describe a bank to somebody. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a buddy who works for a bank. He works for Huntington Bank. Mm -hmm. It's a great opportunity for him. He's absolutely crushing it. He is super busy. And he's gonna make the most money he's ever made this year. I have another buddy. He works for Regions Bank. He has been at Regions Bank for as long as I've been with my with Waterstone Mortgage. He loves it and crushes it. This dude's in Jacksonville, Florida. He's I would guess by looking at his production. He is a top one percenter both in income and he is a top one percenter in terms of units and volume closed. Hmm. So I'm not knocking it. I'm just trying to give a a full like understanding of the pros and cons if you work in a bank do you still i know
1: it may be different per branch or per uh company but are if you work for a bank as an lo are you allowed to go out and like throw your own happy hours are you encouraged to do like some of the more grassroots guerrilla tactics to kind of drum up business or do they just expect you know to stay in your little cube and we'll just feed you
0: loans? my understanding my experience the larger the financial institution the tighter. The handcuffs. Mm-hmm. You're definitely gonna have more restrictions and more handcuffs when it comes to building your personal brand because your personal brand cannot be larger than the corporate brand. Mm-hmm. So, because of that, you're not gonna be as open on social media, right? You're not gonna be as open to market to your database. There's definitely gonna be some more red tape and more hoops to jump through. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So, we're gonna do like a progression, right? right? Because mortgage broker is the most flexible. So we're going to go bank, Mm -hmm. depository, Mm -hmm. big bank, bank lender, bank loan officer. Why you should or should not get your loan from a bank. Why getting your loan from your bank may be the best decision you made. Maybe the rates were super cheap and you had 60 days to close and your loan was super easy to underwrite.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: oh, have at it. Or while a bank wouldn't make any sense. And the reason why the bank wouldn't make sense is because your loan is a little bit on the fringe or you had to close quickly or the time that you were buying is when the bank that you bank with decided they're done mm-hmm. with 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 buying or purchasing or originating mortgages. They need to take a break so they jacked up their rates and their fees, all right? And when you originate there or you bank there, it's not like they have any other delivery methods. It's like, nope, it's their product, it's their rates, it's their guidelines, period, end of story. Mm-hmm. All right, so an independent mortgage bank And look, full disclosure, there is a reason why I work for an IBM and I have for the past 14 years. Like there is, there's a distinct reason. I never went to work for a big bank and I haven't gone to work for a broker yet. So people should know there's a bias coming from this conversation. I'm not going to hide from it, but I'm going to do my best to uh, squash it as much as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. But an independent mortgage banker is somebody who that's all they do. All we do are mortgages, 365, 24-7. All day. All day. But we're big enough that we are going to process, underwrite, and fund our own loans. Hmm. Now, when we process, underwrite, and fund our own loans, we're probably not going to hold on to your loan. We're probably going to deliver that loan hmm. to an end investor in the secondary market. That end investor, by the way, may be one of those big banks. Hmm. Or it may be a company you've never heard of companies that solely just specialize on servicing loans. But an independent mortgage bank is where the bulk of mortgage originations are being done in today's market. and really has been for the past 10 years mm. and an independent mortgage bank or what people call a direct lender. It's kind of a hybrid. It's the best of both worlds. It is the, the power of a bank with the flexibility of a broker. And in, in certain markets, having that power with the flexibility is, is what's what's required or for an originator standpoint, it's the mortgage millionaires. I know they work for independent mortgage banks. I'm not saying there aren't mortgage millionaires in the broker world because I know there are, I just haven't met that many of them. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the some of the people I surround myself with. Mm-hmm. I'm an independent mortgage banker or just a mortgage banker. And that's the world I run in. Those are the circles I belong to. I don't know any mortgage millionaires that work for a bank. Period. Don't never met one. And that's because typically the comp plans at a bank prevent someone mm-hmm. from doing the amount of volume that or will actually prevent, prevent some someone from making the money that they that they earn because they're maybe not going out in it's not their lead. Mm-hmm. It's deemed as the bank's lead or those big banks don't allow for optimization and team building. Mm-hmm. So but independent mortgage bank, it's just that it, it could be a super large company that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, right? I mean, it's, and, and, and they very well are operating what's called a line of credit. And that line of credit was given to them by another financial institution. Let's say UBS, UBS offers John Coleman, independent mortgage banker, a $50 million line of credit John Coleman funds $80 million a month in mortgage closings based on that line of credit. Once John funds those loans, he sells them off in the secondary market. But it's John Coleman and it's his team that's processing and underwriting and, and funding that loan the capital using to fund it is off of your warehouse line. Mm-hmm. But the best way that I describe to describe a, a direct mortgage lender is we are the best of both worlds because we're the power of a bank, but we're the flexibility of a, of a broker. So maybe it's better to understand, well, what does a broker, like what does a mortgage broker do? Well, if a mortgage banker or a direct lender is underwriting and funding that loan themselves, and by mm-hmm. themselves, I mean, it's the, it's their company's staff. Mm-hmm. A mortgage broker is not. A mortgage broker is is like the word brokering mm-hmm. is probably, hey, let's broker a deal. Yeah right? That person is going out and they are putting two pieces together. Let's broker a relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Let's, let's find a buyer and a seller and let's introduce them. So they find the seller, the seller in this case would be someone looking for a home loan Mm -hmm. and they take down their information. They help them determine what they would qualify for. And then they match them with a buyer. The buyer is going to be the actual lender. The lender that's going to underwrite and fund their loan. Mm-hmm. And when they do so, here's a positive of a mortgage broker. They may very well be able to find the cheapest interest rate out there. Cheapy cheap. As cheap as you can find, they they can find it for you. But with cheap comes Com- uncertainty. And asterisks in small, fine print. Yeah, it comes comes uncertainty. and And the uncertainty is this they don't work for that company. They don't have any pool, they don't have any say, and they can't necessarily control the transaction. So they may be able to quote you a super cheap rate, but when they need to get an answer, is it gonna take one, three, or five days to get an answer to their question? Mm-hmm. If something goes sideways, are they gonna be able to pick up the phone and rectify it? Or they pick up the phone and they too get lost yeah. in- The hold, plus for Correct. Yeah, yeah so the lack of control that comes with a mortgage broker Mm -hmm. versus um, the control that a mortgage banker has Mm -hmm. now also the broker community they could have relationships with 15 or 30 or 45 different lenders but there are certain programs and products that that investors will not open up to the broker community Mm -hmm. but they would open up to the Um bank or the mortgage banker community, Mm -hmm. because they look for net worth, right? So if a broker, which is maybe a small operation in whatever city you currently reside in, let's just say Indianapolis, Indiana, Mm -hmm. that broker shop that has five loan originators and two processors and one admin staff might not have the net worth to do certain loan products Mm -hmm. because those end investors required. Mm -hmm. But what does a broker do? They take your information. Yeah. They answer your questions. They will let you know based on their professional experience what you will qualify for versus not qualify for. They have tools at their disposal that they can issue a mortgage pre-approval. But then when you go under contract and you're ready to lock something in, they have to lock that that rate lock in with a third party. It's yeah. not their company. Right. And But there's a lot of flexibility with, with becoming a broker. There's also a lot of heavy lifting. Right? Like imagine this, when I'm a mortgage banker and I have to lock and disclose a loan, there's one way I have to do it. Now, my company may deliver that loan in the secondary market to 20 or 30 different investors Mm -hmm. who mean my client may end up making a payment to 20 or 30 or one of those 20 or 30. But my process as an originator was the same, regardless of who that loan got delivered to. My process as a consumer Mm-hmm. let's say I've, 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 I've obtained multiple home loans in the past five years, three in the past five years. If I use John Coleman at XYZ Mortgage Bank, my process was probably pretty similar all three times. But if I used a mortgage broker, mm-hmm. well, the process is going to be different depending on where that broker sends my, my loan. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this time they sent it to Freedom, so I have to follow a Freedom's process. And as an originator, I have to know Freedom's process. Oh, well, this one's going to Union Home Loans, so I have to send... I have to do it union way. This one's going to new res. I have to do it the new res way. This one's going to caliber. I have to do it the caliber way. This one's going to rocket. I have to do the rocket way. This one's going to UMW. I have to do the UMW way. So as an originator, you can see where that could be a lot to have to retain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, oh, wait a minute. I need to remember. If I'm going to take this loan to this particular company, then I need to use this form, upload it into this system. I need to remember that password. And, mm-hmm. oh, they take this, this company pre-underwrites and then they underwrite and then it gets pre-funded, pre-closed. Gosh, I can't remember. But that company is quicker, but they have the worst rates. This company is slower, but they have better rates. And how much time do I have on this contract? And mm-hmm. if I if, if I run into an issue, is do they have a sales support hotline that I can call? Right? It's there's a lot of uncertainty that goes along with the broker process. Mm-hmm. But there are people out there that have mastered it. Is there are people out there that man they they have they're consummate professionals that have just absolutely narrowed it down. They know who their three to four go to mm-hmm. investors are. They know exactly how they operate. They may even have such strong relationships that when they pick up the phone, people do call mm-hmm. or uh, people do answer. Right. And the benefit their clients get is they may get some of the best,
1: best rate, interest
0: rates rate. out there. And if they have a really good broker, maybe the uncertainty doesn't phase them.
1: Do you see technology phasing out brokerage? Because from my point of view, when I hear like a broker, it reminds me of travel agents. Like when you walked into like a physical brick and mortar and you someone like help plan your vacation. Well, this person has the best like flight and I can match you with this hotel rate for a total package. Is that fair to
0: kind of? Yeah, I would say the technology will enable the broker to get stronger. Oh, okay. Yeah. 15 years ago, 70% of all loans were originated by a mortgage broker. Mm. After the financial collapse, that number dropped to below 10%. And the reason why it dropped below 10%, whether it's fairly or unfairly is not for this discussion or this podcast, but ultimately a mortgage broker doesn't work for the end investor. So when people defaulted, when fraud was committed, when the shit hit the fan, the broker was blamed. Because they were deemed to be like, well, we had no one monitoring them. No one was holding them accountable. No one was making sure that they were being compliant. They literally were 1099 independent contractors that were sending in documents and and loan files. So when when all of that hit the fan, the broker community felt the brunt of it. Mm -hmm. Right now, the broker community, I mean, it's grown substantially, but I'd guess they're probably somewhere around 20 to 30%. Okay of loans being originated. That's up from 10% just 10 years ago. So that's a pretty large, substantial increase. But I would see technology allowing the broker to operate a lot closer to an independent mortgage banker mm. than it would um, Phasing them out. phase them out. I think if anyone got phased out, the, the big box retailer would be phased out. Mm. I could see a big box retailer looking at their mortgage department or the mortgage division. Like big banks don't like mortgages big banks don't like mortgages well they love them in years like 2020 and 2021 Mm -hmm. but it's a very volatile industry that's very high in compliance and the profit margins are pretty slim and unpredictable Mm -hmm. so the whole risk versus reward you take a lot of risk when you have a mortgage department Mm -hmm. from just a compliance regulatory standpoint to make a little bit of money in an industry that is full of cyclical booms and busts, but banks do mortgages because they have to. So I think if technology were to do anything, I think technology would impact the loan originator that works for the bank. And we've already seen that in the past decade, big banks used to have an outside sales force. Many of them got rid of their outside sales force and brought everything inside. And they said, basically, we want to commit a sales force that just protects this house. Meaning we want to prevent our current clients from going out and obtaining home loans somewhere else. But I don't care if my loan officers go out and bring in non bank clients to do a mortgage with us. I care more that they just keep the clients we currently have Mm -hmm. from going out elsewhere. So to answer your question, I would say that more on the big bank than I would, I mean, in general, technology is trying to disrupt in general. And I do think for those people who don't provide a service, advice, consultative services. If all you're doing is order taking, all you're doing is inputting information into a computer and letting the computer let you know whether or not someone qualifies, yes, you'll be out of a job in no time. Mm -hmm. But if a computer is telling you whether or not someone qualifies, you then have to tell the computer, is that the right loan for that person based on my conversations? That's where I think there's some longevity for people in this industry.
1: Are there are certain types of like, say I'm a broker, or say I'm, I like helping first time home buyers, are like banks better at that? Or like refis are much easier if I'm a broker? Does that make sense? Like, hey, brokers can do- Yes, yeah, re- so that's
0: a good question. So banks tend to, um, they have to adhere to what's called the CRA rules or Community Reinvestment Act. Mm-hmm. So because of of CRA, banks may very well have duckets. Mm-hmm. buckets of money right. that they have to lend mm-hmm. to first-time home buyers, especially those that are in the LMI or the low to moderate income census track. Mm-hmm. So for, for that reason, a bank's going to be more apt to have special programs for people when it comes to down payment assistance and grant. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of those programs require a certain um, size of your company, mm-hmm. a certain net worth, a certain clout, a lot of times brokers don't have access to many down payment assistance programs most independent mortgage bankers do Mm. most direct lenders are big enough their companies are national they Mm. have a corporate headquarters like some of them are even publicly traded at this point Mm. uh in 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 the cycle that they have access to all the down payment assistance programs but a a local mortgage broker shop Mm. would not Uh, when it comes to refis i mean look at the end of the day yes there are definitely, when, when it's a refi market, that's what banks are doing, mm-hmm. period, end of story. But think about what banks already have, a clientele base. What's the low-hanging fruit? Reach out to those millions of clients that we have and talk to them about how you could save two, 300 bucks a month. Or better yet, when you work for a bank, that bank may service their own loans They have a big servicing portfolio. Well, if someone's going to refinance out of your portfolio, it damn well better be with you mm-hmm. and not with someone else. Right. Banks lose money typically when someone refi's out. Like, that's not a good thing for them. But if, if it's going to happen, it might as well keep it in the family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, banks tend to do a large percentage of refis where like your independent mortgage bankers don't. Mm-hmm. To, to case in point, the past two years, I bet banks were 80 to 90% refi, really? 10 to 20% purchase. Independent mortgage bankers, somewhere around 60% purchase, 40% refi. Really? Yeah, like I'm biased, but... The best in the business are full-time 24/7 365 mortgage lenders. That's what we do. <laughs> like, that's Urgh. all we do. Urgh. And we're damn good at it. But there are some very good loan originators who work for big banks. There's great mortgage millionaires that that work in the broker setup. <laughs> but the broker setup sometimes for many makes it difficult for that professional loan originator to scale. Because of the complexity and the uncertainty that comes with, the I mean, the paperwork, right. the legwork. Do brokers
1: usually have like large teams? Like I know here, depending on your size of your team, you gotta have a substantial size of your team, underwriters, processors in your team. Do brokers have that, or are they? At-
0: you can. Okay. Yeah, most of the brokers I know, they're brokers because they like to do one or two loans a month. Mm. They like to make their five, six grand a loan and keep and, it moving. Yeah, just keep it moving. Gotcha. Yep. Um, because you know, a lot of times when you work for a mortgage broker, just not all of them, please, I'm not making, I'm trying to make general statements. It's very independent. Mm-hmm. You're on your own. Gotcha. You're on your own. You may get some of the fattest commissions working for a broker. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Commissions yeah. for a loan originator. The lowest is going to be working for a bank, usually. Mm-hmm. The most average good comp is going to be working at a mortgage, independent mortgage banker Mm -hmm. a mortgage banker a direct lender all the same Mm. the most that i've seen people make they were they make in the broker Uh, world okay but when you do so it's a give and take like if i'm making 225 basis points versus 125 basis points there should be a reason i'm making 125 because i have a system i have process i have support i have marketing mm -hmm. i have business cards and laptops (laughs) and and scenario desk and a product development team and i have benefits and i have 401k and 401k match and I'm willing to make 125 basis points versus on 225, because I value that. Mm. I have the ability to grow a team. And with a team, I can do more volume. With more volume, I can make more money. And I can do so with a decent work-life balance. I'm not saying that can't be done at a broker shop. I'm just saying it's less likely Mm. it's done at a broker shop. Less likely. Usually at a broker shop, it's it's, that you don't see those big mega teams that are doing a hundred million dollars.
1: So is that the dude like he is originating his loan underwriting If he's doing like, like the whole thing himself from start to finish and like handing uh, in the final. Paper uh,
0: uh, well, you're, you're pre approving or pre qualifying. You may be processing your own file. Then you're having to upload all the documents into this third party's website right. and you're having to deal with the communication amongst the three to five different team members right. who are at that particular investor that you sent that file off to. Mm-hmm. But that particular team, if you have three loans in your pipeline is different than another team, which is different than another team. Mm-hmm. So now you have three files, which is an average LO. You have three files in the works. We have to deal with three different teams and three different systems mm. versus one team, one, one system. One, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. But you know, and maybe I'm 1099 and I don't have health benefits and, I don't have a 401k with 401k match. I don't have mm-hmm. marketing support. It's look, there's no right or wrong, just personal preference. And please, someone's going to be like, that's not right. I know so and so and he made 2 million dollars last year and he's a broker and he has a team. I'm sure you are correct. Yeah. You're like, I'm I'm sure that's the case or I'm dialed in. I'm a mortgage broker. I only broker to these three companies and I know my underwriters. I have a team that Awesome for you. That means you're at the top of your game and you at the pinnacle. What I'm just trying to do is is offer a broad mm-hmm. swipe of the difference between a mortgage banker, a mortgage broker, and actually working for a bank. Yeah. Any last minute questions that you, that no, you that can was, think of? That was it. Yeah, I did my best, ladies and gentlemen. Like I really did. Please do not kill the messenger on this. <laughs> um, I, I tried to lay it out there, the world that I know it, the way that I know it, and why I know it this way. If you have any questions or comments, look, YouTube is a great way to communicate. Just leave your comments or hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. I'll be more than happy to, to, to take your comments and um, help you out any which way that I can. Continue to like us, continue to share us, continue to subscribe and give us reviews only if they're five star <laughs> And check out the website. Yes. Let us know what you think about TLOPonline.com, sales tools, videos, guides, trackers, etc. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Noon. That's all the time we have from today. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.